Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me, guys, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And you may have seen it, Baseball Brit. He's posting the UK fan account standings, the Marlins, and my account sitting at third, third in the UK of all of the 30 teams. Phillies and Astros have a big, big lead. So anyway, do me a favor. Hit the follow button, you won't regret it. There is going to be a lot of content coming your way, including the daily rundowns that will be starting, well, from Saturday after opening day, and they will be coming at you daily. The 60-second rundowns from last season, hype and all, no doubt about it. So, guys, hit that follow button on Twitter. So, today, Wednesday episode, two days out from opening day for these fish, and it is time for predictions, baby. It is the time. And I'm doing this solo. I wanted to just put all of my musings on Twitter into one podcast that we can then go back and review and work out how wild, inaccurate, accurate, hot, (laughs) stinking hot uh, some of these takes were for sure. There's some Marlins ones, there's some NL East ones, and there's also some wider kind of over-unders and also some division predictions. So... Tons to get into, just a bit of fun. Like I said, I wanted to just put it down on record, for the record. There'll be some English pounds as well, backing some of these up. I really like some of the over-unders as well, that is for sure. So, yeah, let's get started, though, with the Marlins. And, you know, we need to start with the actual win total. What is the projected win total? Uh, Last year, eh, before the 2021 season, I had the Marlins uh, pegged. For 88 wins. (laughs) I was so high on the Marlins last year. I was absolutely pumped, obviously, coming off the back of a postseason run. Um, Adam Duvall signing I really liked. Obviously, Starling Marte was still there. Corey Dickerson started in left field, if you remember that. I think we've upgraded that, by the way. Um, But I was absolutely hyped for this Marlins roster in 21. Had them down for 88 wins, and they underperformed, it's fair to say. How are we looking in 2022? I think the roster is much better than the 2021 roster. So, that means that I'm going for more than 88 wins, right? No, I'm going going to downgrade the Marlins. (laughs) Full-on downgrade to 85 wins. That's the number I am putting down for these fish. I actually don't think they're done in terms of the business. I I still think there's more, more moves to come through the year. They don't have to make everything happen for opening day. Clearly, at the deadline to... They can be buyers, like they were in 2020. If they're hovering around 500, I expect the fish to pull the trigger on some deals, no doubt. And that is different from last year, where in 2021, so many expiring deals, they were always going to be selling if they felt, if they were significantly under 500, which they were. And then they started to build for the 2022 season, getting a look at some of the younger dudes, Jesus Sanchez included, Lewin Diaz, etc. So... 85 wins is the number I've got down for the Marlins. What needs to happen to get 85 wins? Firstly, they need to play well. They just need to go out and play well. All these teams on paper look good. It's just about, it's not, baseball isn't played on paper. So the Marlins just need to play good, fundamental ball. Last year, they just didn't do it. Fundamentals were poor. They were poor. Base running was poor. Uh, the, The catcher position was poor. The roster management, poor. The Marlins just need to play better ball in general. Second one, they need to stay healthy. Healthier, listen, people are going to miss time, for sure. We've already seen, I mean, 
Eliezer Hernandez's final outing before opening uh, opening weekend. Um, a comeback, 104 mile an hour off the bat, hit him in the arm, freak injury, down as a contusion, but you know, 104 mile an hour onto your pitching arm. To me, uh, that doesn't sound good. And Eliezer, one of the unluckiest guys for sure. We haven't heard the news about what that means, but I'm not convinced Eliezer. I'm worried. I'm not convinced he's going to make his first start or two, perhaps. Maybe the Marlins will just be precautionary there. The problem then is we're back to it from last year. Bullpen games, dudes dropping in left, right, and center, trying to kind of mix and match. So, in general, the fish, they need to, they just need to be healthier. They do. The Marlins, if you recall, they have completely changed all of their health and training staff. It's a new staff in. Clearly, they saw that it was a problem last year. Some of the some of the injuries can't be avoided. Clearly, they're they're in action in game injuries, uh, and that will happen. The Marlins, if they can stay healthier, particularly on the pitching side, last year the three man rotation put so much strain on the guys and um, way too much pain and strain on the bullpen. So, play better ball and stay healthy. Look after yourselves for sure. They're the two bits. So I think the roster is better. I think the Marlins have improved this off season. A lot of people are seeing them as maybe the biggest increase in wins in baseball, perhaps. And I think that just testifies to, to how people are feeling about the moves they've made. They do still need some more. Clearly, the center fielder spot is unresolved. We hope that Jesus Sanchez can do the job in center field defensively. If he can, that'll be a big win for the Fish. Um, but, you know, with Avi Garcia, Jesus, and Soler, man in the outfield, it looks to be problematic. So we'll wait and see on that one. Play good ball, stay healthy, and... Let's keep adding to this roster. 85 wins is there to be had. The division is stacked, as we know, or on paper it's stacked. Other teams will have similar problems. Bad runs of form, hurt, injuries, the usual stuff. The Mets, obviously, is, is the obvious one right now. Rotation, the number one ranked rotation in baseball. They now have a zero-man rotation, seemingly. Um, they're going to have to mix and match. DeGrom, Scherzer's hamstring's gone. I don't know. This can happen. So how do the Mets deal with it? The Mets dealt with it really well last year. If you remember, they were really impacted by injuries and COVID. And they went on a great tear and were winning the division by miles. All the starters came back and then they started losing games. So that's just the Mets for you, right? So there you go. 85 wins for the Fish. The over-under on the Fish is nine, uh, 96. It's not 96. 76 and a half wins. So I've got them way over that. So I will be putting some English pounds on the Fish. So... What about player props? What are we what are we looking at here in terms of predictions? First one, I've said this a few times elsewhere, so this is a repeat. Jazz Chisholm, 30-30 year. It's there to be had for Jazz. Again, going back to the health. It's there to be had. The other interesting thing for Jazz, thinking back to 2020 as well, the way Donnie constructed this lineup, he liked to have a speed guy at the bottom of the lineup. And uh, I think it, it's possible. The Jazz takes that role almost you know, down in the number nine spot. So you end up with Jazz flipping around into maybe Soler leading off. Um, Aguilar, Cooper, Avi, all the bombs away then. So I think Jazz uh, you know, could be in that spot, could play that role. Uh, what that means for him is I think the stolen bases will absolutely be there for him. The 30, I think, is he could, he could go past that for sure. The bombs is interesting. 30 bombs, is it there? Uh, we know we know it's there. The power's there. I think Jazz is looking like he could be a real breakout candidate in general. 
and I'm just going to you know, throw you know, go in advance actually on the on the, the scheduling here. I've got Jazz down as the team MVP for the Marlins. I think this 30-30 season, Jazz announces himself even more so. He's already got a lot of eyeballs on him, but I think this is the year where Jazz takes another leap for sure. So Jazz Chisholm, I am super high on. The lineup, as I've already mentioned, I like the lineup. It looks better. It feels better. It's deeper. No doubt. I have got seven guys hitting over 20 home runs. Seven guys up and down the lineup. The only guys that are projected as starters right now that, that I haven't got hitting over 20 bombs. Miggy Rowe, I think he could probably get to 10. And Jacob Stallings. Those two, plus Joey Wendell. I don't have Wendell getting to 20 bombs either. I do have Brian Anderson get into to 20 home runs. That may be a shock of a sum. I think the playing time, it's playing time dependent for BA. I'm really intrigued to see what happens. I think there's a lot of plate appearances to be had. Mixing a match in Wendell and Brian Anderson into the outfield too if required. So I've got Coop, Aguilar, Avi Garcia, Soler, Jazz, BA and Jesus Sanchez. All over 20 home runs for the Fish. Seven guys. That is a lot of bombs, particularly when you're playing half your games at Lone Depot. And against some real nasty pitching in the NL in general, plus the East, of, of course, as well. So, yeah, that's a, probably a big shout for me. On the pitching side, what have we got? What have we got locked and loaded here? I, No one, uh, none of the big guys anyway, had a, uh, a positive win-loss record. Does anyone care about pitching wins? I'm not sure anyone does. I mean, the Marlins lost a lot of games. The lineup and the offense was, was absolutely terrible, clearly. But um, with that being said... I've got them winning 85 games, and I've also got Sandy, Pablo, and Trevor all having a positive win-loss record. Sandy last year, oh boy, it was it was pretty bleak for Sandy, no doubt. Let's have a look where he ended up. Sandy, 9-15. and 9-15 and 15 through 202 innings, 21, 201, sorry, strikeouts in a 3.19 ERA, but only good for a 9-15 and 15 record. That is absolutely abysmal. Pablito last year was 5-5, five and five. Trevor Rogers was 7-8, and eight. so none of the big three had a positive win-loss record. This year, all three have a positive win-loss record. Also on Pablo Lopez, I have him down as the leader in strikeouts for the Marlins with 210. So big year coming for Pablito. I also, just off the back of the news uh, earlier this week, Cole Salsa, Tanner Scott, over from the Orioles, add into the leverage pen for the fish. I have got those two combining for 30 saves across the year. I'm not sure. It's going to take time. This bullpen, I think, will take time to evolve. Floro is obviously dealing with some uh, some niggles early in the year. Bender did a little bit of it last year, but in general is, is relatively unproven at the major league level. He could take a step back in, in 2022. We'll wait and see. But I do like Salsa. I do like Scott. And I think those two combine for 30 saves in total uh, for you know during 2022. So, team MVP, already mentioned, Jazz Chisholm. Breakout player of the year, I have got Garrett Cooper. I love the DH for Coop. I love Coop in general. He's way undervalued as a hitter in general in Major League Baseball. And I think this is the year that is that really uh, he gets the rocket emoji going and Garrett Cooper is getting the national attention, and has a stunning year. Rookie of the year, I have down Max Meyer. I think Max 
pitches over 120 innings at the big leagues level uh, in 2022. He just made a start yesterday, recording this on Wednesday, so made a start yesterday, Tuesday, uh, for the uh, Jumbo Shrimp. Nice four innings, K's galore, changeup looks nice. He's got a couple of variations on the changeup, which looks good. Listen, Max Meyer's ready. Uh, we, we just got to call it what it is. Max is ready, and if any of the guys run into some difficulties, and what I mean by that is if Lozado, Eliezer, in particular, if those two run into challenges... Max is ready. If any of the five are hurt, and Eliezer potentially already is, Max is ready. Eddie Cabrera tracking a little bit behind. Six of Sanchez, you know, as Craig Mish would say, forget about that guy. Uh, won't be seeing six, though, I wouldn't say in 2022 at all. So I have Max Meyer coming up and and performing well. Winning Rookie of the Year for the Fish. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll pitch enough innings. Maybe he will. It's kind of touch and go. Trevor Rogers last year pitched 133 innings and was second in the Rookie of the Year voting. So 120 innings, I think probably Max will be in the conversation for sure. So that's it for me. So the NL East, how's it shaping up? What's your one to five? I have got the Bravos winning the East again. I think the Bravos look real nice. They looked nice last year. They had a bit of a sluggish start, couldn't kind of get it going. But they are the class of this division. They absolutely are. They're the most complete team by some distance. And equally, their GM, if things aren't going well, he he can just flip the script in no time. So I, I, I like everything about the Bravos right now. Coming off a World Series win with a stunning stud of a GM, I think they're going to be a real tough beat. What are we saying about the Mets? What are we saying? What I'm saying is they're not finishing in second. Marlins are taking it in second with 85 wins. The Mets, one spot behind with 84 wins. The Phillies, the Phillies play 500 ball and that is it. They take a step back maybe from last year. Um, The the lineup does look nice, really nice on paper for sure. Um, But I'm not convinced about the depth with the Phillies at all. I think if things go a little bit wonky, a few guys get hurt, pitching maybe... Um, well, the bullpen's always a bit erratic with the Phillies, but I, I, there's a lot of hype around them right now. In spring, they seem to be performing. Bryce, Hyper, Bryce Harper's hit, what, eight bombs? Um, here with the MVP from last year. The Phillies should be contending. They should be pushing the Braves for the division. They just always find a way to not do that. So, Phillies for me, in fourth with 82 wins, and the Nats trailing off less than 70 wins for the Nats for me. I, I just think it's going to be a struggle. It really is. I've seen Annabelle Sanchez, I think, has made the team and is making the rotation. I think he just gave up about 10 earned runs on his last outing. So the Nats are in a rebuild season. Uh, Nelly Cruz is there. That's fun. But he'll be moved, I'm sure. Josh Bell perhaps will be moved too. They'll try to extend Juan Soto and that will be, actually, to be fair, if they extend Juan Soto in 2022, irrespective of what happens, win, wins and losses, for me, that's a, a positive year and uh, that'll be a win for the Nats for sure. So, yeah, that's that's how I see things shaping up. I think the Braves win over 90 games, the Marlins at 85, the Mets at 84, the Phillies at 82, and uh, the, the Nats under 70, <laughs> probably significantly under 70. So we'll wait and see how they go. I'm going to round up with some uh, look at over-unders plus a few other uh, wilder predictions I've had on on other divisions. I've put them out on other shows, but I wanted to record them all here 
in the one spot. Um, but it's also time to let you know this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And guys, have you tried those puffs? Have you? If you're not, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best t- tasting bars. They're fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar, they're a treat covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these, they're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most built bars contain 130 calories, so absolute drop off there. Low calories, low sugar, dozens of net carbs, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, the new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. White chocolate cookies and cream, baby, that sounds sensational. If you like what you're hearing, get yourselves over to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, it's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your order. Okay, right, final segment, guys, for this one. And it is, I'm going to start with the over-unders. And I'm just going to list off ones that I, I'm, I'm likely to put into various bets and ones that I like. So, let's start with the overs. The Diamondbacks, 66 and a half. I'm over. I like the Diamondbacks this year. And when I say I like them, I, I'm not expecting them to push for the division. I just put on Twitter that I'm their teams I'm high on. It doesn't mean I think the Diamondbacks are going to do anything in the West. Absolutely not. But I like, I just have a sneaky feeling the Diamondbacks could do well. Kettle Marte's been extended. They've added some relief help. Uh, we'll see if Zach Gallen can get back and do his thing. Um, and, you know, a couple of nice prospects coming through too. So I, I think the Diamondbacks could be sneaky. The Braves at 91.5, I think, is a little bit too low. I think you're, you're maybe getting a tough division discount there on the Braves in terms of the, the, the actual line and the number. So I'm taking the over on the Bravos at 91.5. Um, I, I mean, they've upgraded. Plus, they've got Acuna on his way back. I mean, they look real nice. I like Ian Anderson a lot in the Bravos, too. I think he could be a potential breakout more generally from a pitching side. I've also got the Yankees, 91.5. I'm taking the over on them. I like the Yankees this year. I just see it kind of clicking. They're all doom and gloom, the Yankees fans. We haven't done this. We haven't done that. We haven't spent on this. We need to spend more, blah, blah, blah. I just think if they can get their roster right, keep the guys healthy, uh, I think they could go on a real tear. Luis Severino back in the mix. Helps them from the pitching side. I've also got the Padres taking the over on 88.5 wins for the Padres. Remember last year when everyone was absolutely hyped on the Padres? Everyone was just waxing lyrical about them. They fell off ridiculously in the second half. I don't think they fall off at all in the second half. I think if they've got a lot of pitching knocking around. To me, they will be active on the trade market too. If there are studs to be acquired, the Padres will find a way. And I think they I think they finish second in the division uh, for sure. And I think they push the Dodgers, no doubt. The Mariners are 84.5. I absolutely love that number for the Mariners. Uh, they won, what, 90 games last year, so uh, the bookies don't see them repeating that. I absolutely do. I think they've added, and I think they've got better, for sure. The division maybe has got slightly better in some ways, but I don't know. I do like the Mariners to, to maybe push again for a postseason uh, and get into the postseason this year. Then finally, with the Brew Crew, 89.5, I've got the Brewers winning over 100 games, so this line is over 100 short for me. I hate the Central Division. I love the Brewers pitching. Uh, I don't really like the, the lineup as much, but I think they can maybe mix a match, get it together, piece it together, and I think add. I think that'll be another thing is can they add guys through the year from the you know, within the lineup, I think. Back-end leverage pen is sensational, clearly, so I've got the Brewers winning a lot of games. 
Okay, onto the unders. Let's get into these unders. We have got starting off the Red Sox ninety and a half for the Red Sox. Um, I just don't think the pitching's there. I just think the division is really tough, really tough, and they've got it. You know, the lines for all four other than the Orioles over ninety games seems a lot of wins. One of these teams, I think, is going to drastically drop off. I think it's going to be the Red Sox this year. I just do not like their pitching. Chris Sale's just gone down again. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the offense is nice, no doubt. But yeah, Red Sox for me. Uh, I'm hitting the under. The Giants, 85 and a half. I've got the Giants under. Maybe they play 500 ball, something in that kind of range. They're going to start the season with a, a, a sweep by the Marlins against them to get them off to a bad start. So they're going to be 0-3 to get, it, get the season rolling. Um, I don't see the Giants actually making the postseason this year. They had a great 2021, surprised everyone. Uh, Buster Posey's gone. Few of the other pitchers have gone. I think they've taken a big step back there. The Nats at 70 and a half is way too high for the Nats. They are absolutely terrible. They're turgid. They're going to be selling everything at the deadline. And um, yeah, they're just having a rebuild year. 70 and a half is way too high. I'm also low on the Rays. Not low, but I, I like the Rays in general. But 90 and a half wins. I can see them taking a slight step back. Um, so I'm I'm thinking more like in the 88 range for the Rays. So I'm taking the under there. And this is the big one. I've got the they've got the Blue Jays 92 and a half. Bookies have them winning that division just about uh, over the other big three. I've got the Blue Jays way under on that one, and I've got them also missing the postseason. For a lot of people, people have got the Blue Jays maybe even going for the World Series this year. Maybe they've got a home advantage with this vaccine situation in Canada where unvaccinated players can't travel, can't play, etc. It's possible, so some of their lineups they face yeah, could be, could be weakened. We'll wait and see. Those rules could be adjusted. You never know. But I've got the Blue Jays under, and I've got them missing the postseason. Big, big calls. Just to summarize some other ones I made on a recent episode of PTBNL's podcast to be named later, which is an MLB UK community podcast. Bearing in mind, I'd had three bottles of wine when I was putting these out there. But just to summarize uh, what I what I put out there on that one, uh, I, I've already talked about the East, so I won't really kind of dig into that. And the, the AL East as well, I've already, I guess, covered, but... I had the Brewers winning over 100 games in the Central and no other team being above 500. I had the AL Central that I really like. I really like the AL Central this year. I think a lot of teams, all of the teams, uh, have got better. I think that's going to be a real nice division for sure. I've got every team in the AL Central finishing above or at 500, which I think is bold. Mathematically, I'm not sure it is 100% possible. Um, but we'll wait and see on that. Um, out West, I've got, yeah, as I've already mentioned, the Giants not making... The postseason, I've got the Padres really pushing the Dodgers uh, for sure. And then I've also got the Mariners taking the division over the Astros uh, in the AL West. I've got the Angels not making the postseason with even you know, potentially uh, the MVP and Cy winner, potentially, uh, on the roster. But somehow the Angels and their pitching just can't get it done. So I think those were probably the main ones um, I had. I, I let me have a think here now. I had Luis Severino as a potential Cy Young in the AL. I've got Ian Anderson as a potential uh, Cy Young in the NL. MVP in the AL, I was taking Giancarlo Stanton. Big G, like I mentioned, I like the Yankees. And I think they could have a big, big year. And I was taking Frankie Lindor from the Mets uh, for the NL MVP. And right at the end of the episode, I got a little bit drunk, even more drunk than when I started. 
and I ended up going, I believe, with the Yankees World Series win over the Phillies. <laughs> and I've now not even got the Phillies making the postseason, so I'm not sure. Things have gone wonky there. I do see, I've just got a sneaky feeling about the Yankees this year for some reason. No stats, nothing to back it up other than just gut feel. So I'm going to stick with the gut. The Yankees piece it together and they take the World Series this year after battling through the AL East, which is going to be tough for them. And they perhaps topple the Dodgers or the Braves in the World Series, which should be a lot of fun. Guys, that is it for today. All of my predictions, hyperbole, hot takes, all in one episode. And that is me, Peter Pratt, out of here for Locked On Marlins on Wednesday, back tomorrow as we start a preview ahead to opening weekend against the San Francisco Giants. Thank you, guys.